good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your host, C.L. King. And I am coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. Apologize for being a little late tonight. Probably like 53 minutes late. But that was intentional by design. Because I realized that I had an appointment that I had to keep. It was mandatory. My son wanted to go to the gym. And so it was going to take place. And when we went to the gym, we we didn't determine a time. I, you know, I said, oh my goodness, I got this on the I got this on the schedule. I gotta be back. Now, most nights, they know Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I got to host the podcast. But when it's just me and I don't have a guest, and there's something that needs to be, that that I get to do with, with my family, I'm going to exercise that right. And more importantly, I'm just going to take that moment as it comes. So he and I went to the gym and worked out. He probably worked out more than me. I caught cramps. (laughs) I said, oh, this body is not lining up with what's going on in this mind. And then I was setting up in here and he he came in, Jeremiah, who you know is the last kid here of the seven. And he was telling me about what he learned today in personal finance. And so as I was just about getting ready to hit start, he wanted to share that with me, brought his papers in. And I said, you know what, whatever, whatever he's talking about is more important than what I'm talking about. And so I said, the show will start when the show starts. But when he had, when he wanted to share with me about learning how to budget and overdrafting and all that kind of stuff, I said, man, you're learning stuff in school that you can actually use in real life, brother. He was like, yeah, this is like one of the times that I could say I could use this outside of school. So I was like, man, that's dope, brother. So, and if, you know, on nights where I may have something come up that's important and I would expect all of you to do this, that involves your family and it demands your attention, then your programs and your protocols and everything else is second. Because they don't really care about, you know, well, I've got a show to do. No, you got to you got to be a dad. You got to be a mother. That's number one. Number one priority. You got to be a husband. You got to be you got to be present in the room. And I'm just making that more intentional because sometimes I'll just admit to you that if if you know, there's a question or some inquiries right before I'm getting ready to do a show. I find myself being preoccupied with show prep and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you know what, man? Uh, no, 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 no. This dude's getting 100% of my attention. Slam the computer down, turn it off. And I'm going to listen to what you got to say. Because whatever you're saying is the most important thing. 
Remember that when you when you're talking about I've watched this guy grow up from zero to eighteen, and if he wants to have some moments to tell me about what he's doing in school and how his day is going, etc., that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen. And on our way home, we had a very somber discussion, as we have had in times past, about. Listen, let me just reinforce this with you, Jeremiah, that if for some strange reason you are pulled over or a police officer is behind you, here is your instructions from your dad. Here are your instructions. These are instructions not based off of a political party, not based off of high intensity emotions these are your instructions based off of your dad's philosophy on what i want you to do and so i gave him some clear instructions i want him to go to a place that if he's on a side road and being pulled over put your hazards on and traverse to a well-lit area where you feel safe that is that is open for for your safety if it's nighttime or even if it's daytime Call 911 if you need to and let them know your intentions are not to flee, but just to go to a place where you feel safe. And I don't think any any law enforcement officer is going to uh, have a heartburn with that because of the, can I just say that, you know, sometimes I don't know what the word is and, and I'm, not a, I'm not an expert in this arena. I'm an expert in in human interactions relative to trying to help people. But in reality, man, we, we have some emotionally fueled situations that take place in our country. And, and it, it, it's not, it's no longer isolated incidences where we, you know, it happens in, uh, it happens in little rock, little rock, Arkansas, and you don't find out about it till, you know, six months later, the reality is, is that if it happens in Little Rock, Arkansas, the people in Tallahassee will know about it the same day. And so our world has shrunk in that regard. And it is important and incumbent upon us as fathers and mothers and leaders, people of influence, that we give a clear voice to yet again another tragic moment. I think about, and I, I made this post today, that yet again, when I have to have a conversation about a fentanyl overdose, yet again, I have to have a similar conversation when I talked about the situation with George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or, or, you know, the, the conversations seem to, we just seem to relive them. And on this platform, we do not seek to elicit ravenous emotions because though I know this young man's parents, Tyree Nichols, his parents are probably grieving with white hot 
sadness and anger for us to lose our mind and just burn everything up and tear everything down is not any type of answer. But when they released, when the officials released this video, when they released this video of this young man and his police encounter, Tyree Nichols there in Memphis, when they released the videos with his police encounter, we immediately seemingly got thrust back in time to the moments where, thank you, brother, you can bring it. You got, you, you, you always get chief seat, brother. <laughs> thank you. He's bringing me my spaghetti. <laughs> we went to the gym, got to get refueled. I might even snag a few bites during this live. Will you guys be offended if I totally lose my decorum and eat in front of y'all? Y'all be like, man, King, he had, he done lost his mind. He's supposed to be the impact motivator. But let me tell you something. This spaghetti look good, y'all. You want me to show you? <laughs> Jeremiah brought it for me, man. Look at this. Look, look, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm filling up with some carbs tonight because I didn't hardly eat anything today. So, but we were immediately thrust back into the, on every continent besides Antarctica, the marches and rallies that took place during the George Floyd international situation it seems like with this with the with the videos that were showed by the police and their body cams of Tyree Nichols it seemed like we as a people went back to the moments that we felt when George Floyd's videos were were played and you know the, the 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 thing that I felt like just grieved me was during that time that it seemed like instead of us coming together there there was this attempt to demonstrate which side you were on. I believe that you can have this discussion and be on the side of law enforcement and you can be on the side of doing right. I believe you can be on the side of law enforcement and be on the side of doing right. I don't believe that we can continue, however, to put our heads in the proverbial sand when we see something that is egregiously plastered throughout the multitude of airwaves now not just tv or paper or print but it can be translated and transferred in a millisecond around the globe millions of times over so if we if we are going to take sides at any time then I believe that we must be consistent 
I believe that we must be reasonable. I have on this platform, Greg and I have always been consistent. We don't use this platform to try to, 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 to try to ignite some sort of emotional fire. We've talked about everything on this platform from racism to police brutality to interactions with, we've talked about everything under the sun. We've done it with decorum. We've done it with sensitivity. We've done it with class and we've done it with a purpose. The purpose is, okay, so what are we going to do? When when those, when the heartbreaking images of those children in Uvalde, Texas were, were again, traveling through the labyrinth of television and inter- social media networks. And we saw kids who were just a few mere days away from starting their summer vacation. And it was a tragedy. And we come together, we discuss. Not much gets done. And then we It's almost like our life is one perpetual TikTok video. As you know, a TikTok video can get a million views, a hundred million views, and then everybody, after they've seen it, they're ready for the next one. They'll rally, they'll they'll come, they'll watch, they'll, they'll comment, they'll like, they'll heart. But then after the time, after the, after the allure of the moment is done, we go back to our proverbial lives in pursuit of the ever-elusive dream until the next time. We wait almost with bated breath for the next time the next time to be angry the next time to be disenchanted the next time to be to have righteous indignation the next time then when it comes we have our moments we have our likes we have our shares we have our comments we have our symposiums then we move on my i won't try campaign our I, I won't try drugs campaign that we're doing here in the next couple months is as a result of that cycle. I'm watching mothers and fathers who are posting, you know, this, this child's name, Noah, forever 18, Luca, forever 13. And we raise awareness and, and, we even hear politicians and movie stars say, hey, man, we, we got to do something about the fentanyl epidemic. And we have our moments. And then nothing happens. Nothing major changes. And then we just go back and wait for the next moment. I'm shocked because I don't get a huge amount of pleasure in doing these types of shows because of how hard we have attempted to build our brand around lifting up positivity, impact, 
purpose. And it can be easily in, interpreted that, well, there's a reason why we, we're going to discuss this on Impacting Life 24-7. Is he looking to get more ratings or downloads or whatever? And I just have said that we, on this show, there are topics that we will not, that, that is outside of our brand, we will not discuss. So don't, don't even try to submit them. If it doesn't fit what we're trying to do, it will not get discussed on these airwaves. But usually if it involves human interaction and the impact thereof, we'll probably devote time to it. How do you guys feel about this situation with this young man? What are your, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? How did, did you did you see the video? And if you did, what what did you think? This has been a far more swifter response relative to getting the body cam video out, et cetera, and very swift responses relative to getting those officers off the street and getting charges in the queue. Did you, did you, did you guys see the video? Is it something that we should, is it something that we as the, Community, community of impact should discuss? Or do you feel like every time it happens, we just have a knee-jerk reaction and then we, we do back, you know, go back to what we did before? And, and I don't feel that we should be silent on some of these difficult issues. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel we should be silent when we see law enforcement officers trying to execute their duties, even though we know that, that they signed up for it and their job is dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. I don't feel like we should be silent when their lives are taken heinously by some criminal who, when they were just sitting in their patrol car and they get ambushed. I don't, I don't believe we should just gloss over that. But neither do I believe that when we see situations like this with Tyree Nichols, that we should just, you know, the church should be silent or the, the community, or, you know, the Republicans be silent or the, or the Democrats be silent. I don't, I don't believe we, we should just gloss over it. I believe that if, if we're really looking to see these types of incidences stop, then we have to every time deal with it every time we have to deal with it i i people have already done the analyses for this young man Tyree Nichols interchange or interaction with the police New York Times analysis said the police ordered Tyree Nichols to obey 71 commands. He was set up to fail. He could not nearly comply 
with 71 commands. So what stops these types of things? What, what is it that, that can stop these types of unbelievably tragic situations with citizenry and police interactions? Because I... Because, like I said, I believe that you can be pro-police and pro-doing what's right at the same time. See, because I get the privilege of every month going into not just a police station. I get to go into the county jail. And I get to witness and watch the interactions of the county sheriff here in Craven County, which isn't even the county I live in, but that's the county where we go speak in the jail every month. And I get to watch the interactions of that sheriff with his employees, with his deputies, with his jailers. And I'm telling you that there is a culture in his jail, in his, in his department, in his oversight, that is a culture of compassion, a culture of doing what's right, and a culture of, of doing it by the book, but also a culture of compassion. I could see it amongst his interactions with his people. I can, I can, because I'm a culture expert and I can feel it when, 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 when I walk through the halls, there's a there's a culture there that that says, "Hey, listen, we're not gonna we're 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 representing this county, and we're not gonna misrepresent the oath that we took." Chip Hughes has 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 established a culture within his department, and so can there be subcultures? within a culture? And the answer is yes. I don't think that you can legislate the heart. I, I, I don't, but I do think that there, you can inject accountability to potentially prevent these types of things. Good evening, VP. I believe that you can inject accountability to potentially prevent. Because some people say, well, it needs to be more training. Really? I don't I do not believe that any police academy in America is teaching that five officers should cannot handle a 150-pound man and they take him to the edge of death for him only to die a few days later because of their interactions with him, particularly if he's unarmed. Five healthy-looking officers. I don't believe that they are teaching this in any academy in America. They can't. It can't just come down to training because they're not training folks to do that. They're not training law enforcement officers to do that. They're not training law enforcement officers to take a soccer kick at somebody's head. That's not in the training manual. So are we suggesting that we need, this is what we need to do? We need to have a training for all the things that you don't do? 
I believe that they do. I, I believe that the police academies do say these are the types of interactions that are acceptable. These are the types of interactions that 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 are that are acceptable in these circumstances relative to escalation, relative to interaction, relative to a mom crossing the street. I believe that they, they cover those things. But I certainly know they're not training people to take a running soccer kick at someone's head. Greg says, you're right, it's a hard issue and not just hiring anyone. Exactly. These, these five officers, I think the average time they've been on the force is like six years. So some people would say, well, you know, they were a part of the Scorpion unit. You know, this is the, this is the unit to, to help because they're dealing with a lot of crime there in that area. And, and, and man, I understand that, the, the, listen, I want my community to be safe too. I want to be able to go walk Samson at night without somebody trying to knock me off. I, we need safety. I mean, I provide my own, but I'm just telling <laughs> But my, my point is, is that we want safe communities. I believe communities deserve to be safe. I, I believe every community should be. I don't believe that, that folks should be afraid to have to go, to go out and check their mail in the midday or the late at night. I, I don't believe that we shouldn't have that in America. This is not some, some third world alien country. This is, this is America. Hey, Sophie, Sophie Bear. That's a shout out to Greg's granddaughter, my little niece. So, so there, is a, there is something, I ask, what can we do that could put, what could have been done to prevent this? What could have been done to prevent this? Let's look at what the New York Times says. New York Times analysis of the footage, 29-year-old skateboard and father, Tyree Nichols, they analyzed the fatal traffic stop and suggest the officer's contradictory commands were unachievable. It goes on to say, footage released of Tyree Nichols' fatal traffic stop on January 7th where Memphis police officers doused him with pepper spray and beat him while he cried for his mother, leading to his death on January 10th. Show the 29-year-old skateboard and father had little recourse in meeting the officer's confusing demands. As a New York Times analyst of the footage uncovered, in around 13 minutes, the cops had issued at least 71 commands before radioing that Nichols was in custody. In that short period, they gave Nichols impossible-to-meet instructions from asking him to show his hands even while they were restraining him, to get on the ground even though he was already on the ground, to telling him to reposition himself, and when he did not have the ability to do so, because they were in control, they had control of his movements. Police are ostensibly trained nowadays, according to the Times report, to have a single officer deliver specific commands rather than a barrage of directives that were lobbed at Nichols during the fatal traffic stop. Officers are also expected to respond in a professional manner regardless of the perceived defiance. 
in the past, it would it was commonly known that when it came to policing, that civilians would be punished if officers perceived disobedience. This is from the New York Times analysis. Per the report, the tapes released on Friday do not depict any of the cops looking to defuse the aggressive use of force. In fact, it looks like the exact opposite, with one officer uttering, I hope they stomp his ASS when Nichols tried to escape the violence. Goes on to say, the impossible orders from the police appear to come from the get-go. After Nichols' car was boxed in by the authorities, he was told by three officers to get on the ground. He abides and is sitting on the ground. But the screams to get on the ground continue with one cop saying, I'm going to tase your ASS. It appears, according to the analysis, that the officers also want him to be lying down. He does so. You guys are really doing a lot right now, he says. I'm just trying to go home. And his mother said he was 80 yards away from her house. So what could be done to stop this? I've asked this, and I've put this out as an idea. Greg, body cams. I know I we got to think outside the box, y'all, because what the box is the box is just not working. I've I've thought about this. This is just this this is just a thought. What if body cams were real time and not needing to be uploaded? What if they were Wi-Fi? Now some people say, well, you're gonna have good reception, bad reception. I get that, but let's 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 get to the point where body cams are instantly transmitted back to headquarters. And if a body cam is deployed, right, that there's automatically a supervisor that is being that that is sitting in front of a of a monitor of some sort watching the interaction or maybe it would take multiple supervisors or maybe it would take multiple folks that they they could just monitor the the uh, the live footage of the body cam and if it seems to go south they would call in a supervisor but all all I'm saying is that what I kept hearing is there, where was the supervisors? Where was the sergeant? Where was the lieutenant? Where was anybody that had any type of leadership and authority in this situation to tell these five officers to stand down? And I'm just like, all, all we ever do, it seems like, is depend on the footage afterwards. Man, a, a, a video camera does not prevent anything. A video camera just tells you what happens. Yeah, or the 911 center could watch. And that's right, great. And be like, hey, man, this is escalating. They, they, they could look and see this is not going well. This is not the way it's supposed to happen. This guy is not causing this. There, His behavior does not warrant the intervention. And they immediately dispatch a supervisor or get somebody out there to stop this madness. I say... Yes, Greg, man, let's let's get it, brother. 
we, we, a lady in 1960-something said, one day you'll be able to carry around your phones in your pockets. And it wasn't until someone had the enough ingenuity, enough creativity, enough risk, enough, enough, you know what I mean? To say, now you carry your phone around in your pocket, you're almost lost if you don't have your phone in your pocket. When she made that statement, when that news article came out, everybody thought she was a clown. Who was it that said one day everyone will have a computer in their home? Oh, man, no. It, the first thing that came out was said now it would be impossible for everyone to have a computer in their home. Now it's almost impossible to find anyone that doesn't have a computer in their home. I think real time is preventative. Real time is preventative. I think I think every police department in America should have body cameras. And I believe every police department in America should have the technology. If we can have Teslas driving with nobody in them and people sleep at the wheel and the car gets them to their destination, then we can have real-time body cameras. And if we and if we really wanted to be preventative, and we really wanted to see this, see these types of things get curtailed. I say, let's go there. Or else we're just, or else we're just going to go back to, all right, we protested, we had our say, we met at the White House, you know what I mean? And then we, what's the reforms? I heard a law, I heard a, a, a political official say that. We do this over and over and over. We present no reforms, and this is my presentation. I, I didn't. Get, I, you know who I talked to about this today? I'll keep it. I'll keep her name anonymous, Greg. But it's somebody you and I both know who is in law enforcement. And I, I just, I just posed the question: Hey, are are body cameras real time? No. Well, doggone it. Why aren't they? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is what the this is what um later after he flees. Well, listen to this. As officers pin down his arms and press a taser against his leg while making verbal threats, Nichols says, I'm on the ground. Another officer says, On your stomach. It's met with three seconds later with a cop shooting pepper spray into Nichols' face. Later after he flees. Now, what is the problem? Three, I mean, five easily over 200-pound officers cannot bring into custody a 150-pound man. Later, after he flees, he is on the ground. Officers demand he give them his hands, but other officers each have a hold of his left hand and right arm. He's met with being punched in the face and then sprayed with pepper spray. When a new officer commands that he give him his hands and Nichols is prevented from following the directive, he is sprayed with pepper spray a third time. After being pepper sprayed three times, and while he looks barely coherent, an officer kicks Nichols in the face. He has been tased, kicked in the head twice, and repeatedly punched. He is easily handcuffed.
Retrieving them the next day is not real time. It's not good enough. It's not. Nobody could imagine body cams 20 years ago, Greg. See, body cams and, and dash cams prevent the good old boy system of, hey, man, I pulled over a fellow law enforcement officer who was who was intoxicated, and I just go ahead and let him go on and walk home. I just, you know, hey, man, come pick up your truck later or have your wife come get the car. They can't do that no more. I've, you see those videos now where a guy has pulled over a detective or pulled over a, a sheriff or pulled over somebody, and he's like, come on, man, you know, come on, let's let's do, come on, hook a brother up. And he's like, he's talking to him like, yo, man, uh, we're, everything's recorded. I can't do that. Yeah, so with integrity, the person can go and upload the body cam footage because obviously there's an indication when the body cam is in initiated. All of that's great. But I'm talking about when we are living in real-time scenarios that need real-time intervention where five officers had lost their ever-loving mind, we need somebody in leadership to inter inter intervene. Despite him already being restrained, the article goes on, that says the officers continue to lob commands at Nichols while continuing to beat him. He's beaten with a baton. He's punched in the face while one officer has Nichols' hands, handcuffed arms pinned behind him and another punches his face. A different officer screams, give me your effing hands. It is literally impossible for Nichols to, Nichols to comply. He calls out for his mother. The officer continues to beat him. Five Memphis police officers have been charged with second-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated assault, and the official misconduct and oppression of their, uh, for their alleged roles in the death of Nichols. The Scorpion Unit, of which the officers were members of, has been disbanded as rallies were held in, around the U.S. over the weekend. And the community and families are calling for sweeping police Reform. One of the reforms that I'm asking for, give me your suggestion, but one of the reforms that, that I'm saying is we cannot continue to be after the fact. We cannot continue to be after the fact in our interactions um, with the law enforcement and the citizenry. Everybody here knows it's no secret. This show, this company, my company, Greg and I's appreciation for law enforcement, right? There's no secret there. We've had chiefs of police, county sheriffs. We appreciate sometimes the, the sometimes thankless job that these men and women do. But if we are going to surgically remove these cancers within departments, we have to make it so that they can't have the liberty to recklessly and maliciously take away a human life. It is not supposed to be that when a law enforcement officer suits up for the night, 
the expectation is supposed to be that they should be able to come home alive, whole, and safe. And vice versa, if a citizen interacts with the police department, it should be expected that that citizen can leave that encounter alive, whole, and safe. And I don't know this young man. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about culture. And I'm just telling you, man, Greg says real time would solve 97% of the problems or forecasted problems. Not all officers are bad. You're right. I'm telling you. that the speed limit sign I can easily dismiss. But the highway patrol guy sitting out there with his little mechanism to see how fast I'm going, that is real time. A real time reminder, you need to keep your butt slowed down because we have we have got to move from reactionary to preventative to proactive you know when we talk about reforms it's it's not just about well train them not to choke folks that should that should be a given there's some there's some things that we're suggesting that should be a given i i think those that those things are important and i and i think you know george floyd introduced amongst police departments some things that that needed to to be discussed but then but after that and we see that there's because we hear this statement a lot greg we hear well there's always going to be a bad apple in the bunch well then doggone it let's find a way so that bad apple will not rear its ugly head if those five officers if they had if if a supervisor had seen or the leadership had seen the, the direction that this encounter was going, they could have given the order to stand down. Let that boy run home. If, if, if what he's done is criminal, go arrest him later. But this was, this was not an example of de-escalation. I, I, Greg, that, that was on my heart all day, man. I, you know, I always tiptoe around these types of topics because people one way or the other are going to feel a certain way and they're going to think that, well, this is the direction C.L. King is going or this is the direction IL-247 is going. Y'all can ne you can't do that, okay, because we don't, we don't get caught up in, in the pop culture. We're very independent, critical thinkers here at Impacting Life 24-7. We believe we're, we're, we believe in human compassion. We believe in what's doing right. <laughs> I talk to those people in the jail. Those great those those great folks. I, they're they're still great. They're why are they great? Because God created them. And when I talk to them in the jail, I tell them that. 
I tell the men, Greg can verify, I tell the men that they're men of valor. They're noble. They have a purpose in life. I tell them that. I tell the ladies that they are queens. I tell them that, 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 that they have a destiny. But I also remind them of what they did to get themselves in there. Like, look, all of the, the accolades I give you will not erase the fact that you did X, Y, and Z to get yourself here. So they brought me here to try to motivate you to not do X, Y, and Z ever again. And when you get out, you become the creator of your new X, Y, and Z. I like that. I like that too. Let me read what Danny says. He says, citizens have cameras that are real time. There needs to be a means of citizens record their interactions without having to point their cameras. Getting departments to do it will be a heavy lift and self-policing works to a point, but it is subjective too. Okay. I, I, I hear you. What, what it, and, and that I, I like, your, I like your point. Uh, but would a, let me just ask you this, Danny, we're just thinking out loud. Danny is a part of our impact life 24 seven genius think tank. Would a person recording without pointing their phone, would that be real time? And would that be preventative? Can, would, would you think it would be enough to cause if this, if this ravenous group of men or officers knew that they, that a citizen had the power to, to do what you're describing, would it be enough to curtail their behavior? I know it's a heavy lift, but so was the space shuttle. <laughs> I mean, I know it was a heavy lift, man. It is a heavy lift, but we got to start. We got to start thinking. I know that that we have to think in small incremental bites, but my gosh, we got to get somewhere, or else it's just going. We're just going to continue to have the same conversation over and over and over and over again that you and I have. And we get frustrated because it's like, okay, well, th this is too big. This is not enough. We can't seem to meet in the middle. So we just wait for the next time to happen. And I'm not being critical of you, Danny. I'm just saying that I, 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 I think, I think we've got to, we've got to move from reaction to, to proactive and budgetary constraints are our concern. I just, you know, some 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 police departments in the U.S. still don't have body cams because of funding. You know, and and I feel like I I feel like if we really feel this this is this is important, right? You you you're talking right, Greg. It's the next time is not if but when. If we really feel this is important, then I don't I don't I'm I'm just talking about accountability. Like accountability in the moment, not not accountability where you didn't kill somebody. I'm talking about maybe if there was some form of interaction that could have got those men to stand down, we could have saved a life. Yeah, man. That, that Danny says. I'm 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 thinking everybody could see what Danny says. 
for those of you listening to the podcast know you can't see. So let me tell you what Daddy said. He said there would be there would need to be a system associated with the recording, but it's a private company thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Not CPI specifically, but right, I get it, man. Like, hey, this engaged, this is real time. And and I know that this seems almost massive, right? Like, okay, an average police department has, let's say a police department has 2,500 uh, police officers. That would be a big city. Uh, and a city like Greg's department is maybe 100 police officers, 150, I don't know. And then at any one given time, how many are on a shift, right? So you would need that infrastructure to be available for all three shifts. You would need the support infrastructure to be there for all three shifts. You're talking about a, a, a uh, financial, obligation that would be relatively substantial but when Greg asked the question if you look at the chat he said where's the supervisors man there there's there's somebody that's over them cats that's in the scorpion elite Navy SEAL team that should have said even the Navy SEALs which are the most elite fighting force on the planet if something's going down and it ain't it ain't popping the lieutenant says get out Third, Danny says third party recording is a deterrent. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I just want to see it happen, man. Oh, I just want to see it happen. I just I just want us to, man. If if I got to pay a little more at at the at you know to get me a pack of now later's because my taxes went up a little bit, but if it meant that that hey look the police feel safe because it because when that body cam footage when you step out of the car and that body cam footage is engaged they got a third eye looking over them they, they well, i don't know the eye in the sky that that there is accountability see because for some reason those men's body camera was on and it did not stop them from being ravenous wolves Yeah, it does. It does. It does. But did George Floyd's situation appear personal? You know, what's the kid's name from my hometown? Amir Rice? Was that personal? You know, somebody, I, I, I being, and all of us on our team, mostly our, our former military, when I look at that situation where this kid is, they, they're going to call 911 and uh, the police show up, and you look at how they get out their car. They get out their car. Two seconds later, the kid's dead. Who's out there with a with a fake little uh, uh, airsoft gun? Somebody in leadership would have said, "Hey, uh, assess that situation. Take cover and assess. <laughs> right? Take cover and assess." We we didn't do that. We that they came out the car and blasted the kid, and I'm just like, man, it should be. You know, there there are situations. I told this to my police friend today. There are situations. This is not a neat easy package. Okay, so don't think I'm just throwing out my idea. This is not a neat neat easy package because you know what I said. Okay, what about if there was levels of escalation that would require. Super, supervision or, you know, uh, and a sergeant to show up or whatever. Well, there are situations at times and in police interactions that are 
spur of the moment. They are, hey man, you got to make a split second decision, and and we're a, we're aware of that. But my goodness, this situation had had all the time in the world to be diffused. The Amir Rice had had every opportunity for it to be diffused. Had had a third eye been been there with them. Are, are you are you agreeing with me, Danny? Are you feeling that? I, I I just that I'm not saying that my answer is the best answer, but I'm just saying, you know what, man? When I go when I go to the grocery store, and y'all looking at me, can y'all see me? When I go to the grocery store and I take this phone here and I record and say, Hey, look, I'm down aisle twelve. You wanted me to get pinto beans and olives, correct? And then I upload that 20 minutes later after I've left the store, it does no good. If I was supposed to get kidney beans and pickles. But when I go FaceTime, I say, hey, FaceTime wife. There's that third eye, right? FaceTime wife. Hey, babe, I'm on the aisle with the... No, you need to be over here. Bam. Real-time intervention. I'm saying we, 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 we need to infuse our technology. We need to infuse our current society. Our current society is everything is real-time. Everything is in the moment. And maybe that could be an answer. Anybody have any other ideas relative to reform? Because, you know, I've heard that training, we've talked about training, and, and I understand that we've talked about training relative to chokeholds, et cetera. And I just have said, man, I don't, I don't see police departments training their, their, their officers how to soccer kick somebody in the head. Like Danny said, that, that, that appeared personal. And so, if you listen to this later and you want to comment, we'd love to receive your, your thoughts. But I think, as we all do, black, white, male, female, tall, short, I think like as Tyree Nichols' mother said, which is very profound. She said, not only is her son taken away from her, but five lives, five officers' lives are will forever be changed. That took a lot for her to say that. So, Greg, as I was coming home from the gym with Jeremiah tonight, I, I just had to tell him, you know, my son's just about to graduate, going to be going in the Army, serve his country, and learn how to build stuff. I told him, I said, man, listen, this is what Dad is telling me. I want you to put your flashers on. 
I want you to go five miles an hour, don't speed, and go to a place, especially if you're in a rural side road, go to a place that's lit and occupied where you feel safe. And while you're driving, call 911 to let them know of your intentions, that you're not attempting to flee. You just want to be safe. Real-time accountability. Had my friend Tyree Nichols been able to get to a gas station, get to a handy mart, to get to a Walmart. Of course, we don't want citizens jumping into police encounters, but maybe it would have governed them differently knowing that in real time people were seeing this. And maybe a citizen would, you know, it was like that guy in, who was who was engaging with 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 uh, the guy who had his knee on uh, Floyd's neck. He was like, "Yo, man, he's let. Why don't you let him up?" You know, like Greg said, ninety-seven percent. Even in real time, the officer didn't change his behavior with people looking. Just imagine what it's like when they feel nobody's going to intervene. But I do think that that the you know I that police department has a good chief. She's a good chief. She's been a chief of of multiple police departments, and she she is uh, she's a very good chief, and she's handling she's handling this situation. I feel as best as anybody could. But when we make these specialized units, how what's the checks and balances? You know, they're they're designed to go on the streets and keep people safe and clean up drugs and stop crime and shooting and robbing and looting and carrying on, which all happens, which all needs to stop. But was there any checks and balances for these guys? I remember that, Greg. Yeah, that army lieutenant. Oh my goodness. You I I then he got pepper sprayed, didn't he? I remember that. He 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 went to the gas station and the dude the the officer like like lost his mind. <laughs> He's like, I just you know, I'm I'm like, come on, man. Get 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 He did get paid. He did get paid. <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't have to be a lieutenant no more, did he, Greg? <laughs> but I remember that, and it's just like the, he came here for a reason. And 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 if if I'm looking as a police chief, this is why I love the statement that Sheriff Chip Hughes put out to his whole department when the whole uh, George Floyd situation went down. He put out a statement which is why I reached out to him because it was just, it was a well written statement, man. It was just unbelievably um, it was just timely, man. I wish you guys could all meet uh, Sheriff Chip Hughes. I've got to have him back on the show just so you guys can meet him. He's an amazing human being and an even better sheriff. But you know, if, if the lieutenant was going to the well lit place, because 
he had some apprehensions about the interaction, then nationwide, what does that say about the mentality that a large a large segment of our society has with a police encounter. Your heart shouldn't start racing if you haven't committed a, a grave crime when you see the blue lights engage behind you. I bet you a lot of us, our hearts start racing. I ain't, I ain't did nothing. I might just have a tail light out. Oh, my God. What did I do? You're in, you didn't do anything, but but the apprehension floods our our man. Our synapses are firing because that that's that's where we are as a nation. Am, am, am I am I off base? But if you ain't did nothing, you ain't got nothing to worry about, man. I, I hear that, but that we that's easy for us to say while we're not burying our son. Well, if you just comply with what the police say, you're good to go. <laughs> That's easy to say. When we're when we look at Ty- Tyree Nichols complying to to everything, seventy one commands that they gave him, and they they still were not satisfied. Do it, man. You know what? See, that's what I'm saying. That that that's that's why we we continue to come back to the same conversation. You know, they do not have an easy job, the officers. They do not, they do, when I, I mean, I got a tough job. When I go into an auditorium, I don't know if the, if the people are going to accept me, if they're going to like me if I'm at a high school. I don't know if they're going to boo me, <laughs> throw tomatoes at me. I don't know if this, the, you know what I mean? I don't know. But that, I'll just go to go home and, Live to speak another day. But when a when a officer walks up to a car, they don't they don't know the full depth and breadth of the reaction they're going to get from pulling someone over that just had a tail light out. It's not any. It, I'm I'm sitting here coming up with an idea, but. I'm not suiting up in the morning with a with a bulletproof vest. Greg says, I got stopped because someone had called a black man driving a black vehicle just shot at a mobile home. And luckily the cop that stopped me <laughs> recognized me. <laughs> I did not know why he stopped me. I didn't know if if I was uh, the black man until we saw each other. <laughs> well, we know Greg ain't out there popping no caps off <laughs> and no trailers. But you're right. You see, th- that's what I'm saying. It, 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 you can get stopped and you have no clue for why you're being stopped. And the intelligence that the officer has is, well, it was a black vehicle, a black guy. This is all I got. You know, what the what the Amir Rice, it was it Amir Tamir Rice? Oh, well, the young man's last name was Rice in Cleveland, Ohio. They had some really botchy intelligence, half delivered intelligence from the 911 dispatcher who received it from some disconnected person on the street. And they're like, Well, it's a kid. It, well, it looks like he might be 25. 
yeah, he's got a gun. I don't know. It's probably not real, but I'm not sure. And then they deliver this to officers who show up on the scene with very little intelligence, very little intel. They don't know truly the, the, the scope of the encounter, and a child's life is smitten in one instance. I say, good evening, Misi. We got to find a way. I've offered my suggestion. If you have one, leave it in the comments. If you listen to this podcast and you're downloading somewhere in Australia, let us know what your thoughts are on, on what can be more proactive approaches to bridging this gap between the citizenry and the police to where we don't have another Tyree Nichols situation. I told Danny this the other day, man. I said, I don't really have an answer. I, I just, I guess grasping at proverbial straws, but I do believe we've got to build. We've got to start somewhere. So that's it for me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for riding along with me. It is, uh, this is my distinct privilege and, and high honor to use this platform to impact people's lives. Try to not do it with malice. I know sometimes in my motivational speeches, I'm a bit intense and over the top, but it's never meant to divide or hurt people. I have concluded that if we just sometimes with these hard, difficult situations that come up and we just continue to bury our head, then the results that we will get are the results that we deserve. It's just going to continue to keep happening and we're going to keep lamenting the sighs and cries of humanity is calling for us to do something. And I hope that maybe somebody listen, if you think you can make body cameras real time to send the footage back to maybe an independent entity. And uh, you, that's a great idea. And you make $400 million off of it. Just know that CL King, Danny Brunson, Greg Smith, and the rest of our team would just like our cut. Okay, <laughs> somebody put this idea in an envelope because we came up with it first, yo. I'm sure other people have thought about body cams being live or whatever. But, the but you know, we say the technology isn't there, the infrastructure isn't there. Well, this young man's life is worth it being there if that could, if that could prevent it. I'll be back here tomorrow night. With a less heavy topic, I mean, I feel this stuff, y'all. I just, it, it, I feel it in my heart because I care. I care, man. I know you do too. But I'll be back here tomorrow night with Cindy Whitman, and she's going to talk to us about Greg. It'll be about the, the lady who gives away cars to single parents out there in Texas. It's a great, it's going to be a great show. You want to be a part of that. It's such a tremendous story of, um, 
someone that that saw a need when when she was a single parent and she formed a nonprofit and now she gets single parents throughout Texas to apply and she works with car dealerships to get them in a vehicle. Single parent can't get from point A to point B, can't get to their job. They got all these things they need to do and uh, her organization is making that so. The lady who was the last recipient of the free car will be joining her. So you're going to be blessed by that. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. right here on Impacting Life 24-7, I'll be joined by Cindy Whitman live from Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. All right. Y'all have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Oh, my, my, my spaghetti got cold for this show, y'all. So I'm about to go heat it back up, and I'm going to throw down. Love you.